The following is a message of First Baptist Richardson. For more information, please visit fbcr.org. I want to begin with just uh, two or three things. Uh, first of all, uh, thank you for letting me be a part of the uh, baseball game this past Tuesday night. There was about 100 folks from the church who gathered at the uh, Frisco Rough Riders game. And I think everybody had a good time except the Rough Riders, but uh, it was a good time and I enjoyed being a part of that. So thank you for letting me uh, join in there. And then I did want to say a word uh, about uh, a death of one of our true Baptist statesmen, uh, Dr. Uh, Russell Dilday, passed away earlier this week. And I mentioned that because uh, first, a uh, long time, true, true Baptist statesman, but uh, he was a former interim pastor here at this church uh, prior to Brother Ellis coming as pastor, and uh, and his daughter Nancy and her husband Nolan are members here at First Baptist Richardson. But I did want to say condolences to that family, and just my heartfelt appreciation for uh, Doctor Dilday and who he was and what he meant to a lot of people including me. And so uh, those funeral services will be uh, a week from Saturday. So um, wanted to mention that. And then next Sunday is July the 2nd. I think probably a lot of people will take kind of a long weekend with July the 4th being on a Tuesday. I kind of sense that. Uh, But make a special effort to join us as we all gather together for worship uh, next Sunday. I think it'll be a sweet time and a good time. So Make that extra effort to be a part of uh, the worship service uh, next Sunday morning. I look forward to seeing you uh, at that time. Now, over the years, um, church churches have been given a lot of different definitions and descriptions. I'm going to share one of those with you this morning, and it goes like this. And I'm not sure who came up with this, but this is kind of how they define, described a variety of churches. He said, some fall into the category of undertaker. Now, what does that mean? That means that the church has decided basically to give up. Uh, You know, this is kind of it. We're going to ride this out. And when we're finished, this is finished. And so, truly, there are churches every single year, hundreds of them, that die. And so, I think it is accurate that some churches fall into the undertaker description. Secondly, some churches could be described as caretakers, So by that, the person who was putting all this together, these are the churches that um, are just comfortable, kind of like things the way they are. Uh, The status quo seems about right, and they work pretty hard to just maintain who they are, what they are, where they are, let's... Let's just enjoy each other and be happy in our church. Caretaker. 
But then the third category was what he described as risk takers. A risk taker church. Now, what is that? So that's a church that um, doesn't want to die and doesn't want to just enjoy maintenance mode. That's the church that wants to do and go and be more, maybe much more than it is now, have a greater impact, make a bigger difference for the sake of the gospel in their community and far beyond. And will do whatever it takes to have that impact and to make that difference. So that's the description of, on some level, the risk-taker church. Well, that's where I want to spend a little bit of our time this morning. Uh, Because to do that and to be that kind of church, there are a couple of conditions that have to be met in order for that to be possible, not just possible, but to be positive. And so let's spend some time. Oddly enough, these conditions are found in the Old Testament. So, if you have your Bible, turn with me to the Old Testament book of Isaiah. Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to read the second verse and then share the two conditions. You'll pick up with them uh, as we read this, but it's the Old Testament book of Isaiah chapter 54. I'm going to read the second verse. It reads like this. Enlarge the sight of your tent... And let your tent curtains be stretched out. Do not hold back. Lengthen your ropes and drive your pegs deep. So the two conditions that kind of have to be met in order for a risk-taking church to have a, a full, complete, positive, possible experience in doing that are lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. Let me explain what I mean by those two things. And I'll use my own terminology for it. So when it says lengthen your cords, stretch out your tents, I'm going to use the phrase think big. In order to be a risk taking church that's positive, one of the things that has to happen is think big. So the way Isaiah describes it here is uh, enlarge your focus. Stretch out your tent bigger than it is now. So if you just go back and you look at at the, the book of Isaiah... Over and over again, the city of Jerusalem and the Israelite people find themselves in dire straits. They find themselves really sometimes in in desolation. They have a repeated sense of defeat. But now, as things have changed, exile passed. A return to Jerusalem happening, Isaiah presents them with some 
hope and some help. And in order to do that, he says, it's time to think big. Enlarge your tent. Stretch out your cords. My phrase for us today is, First Baptist Richardson, today and going forward, I think the challenge is think big. Now, some of you will remember a place called uh, Glorieta, New Mexico. I loved Glorieta, New Mexico. If you don't know what that place was, it, um, it was a Baptist camp, and that sells it way too short. It was a beautiful, big uh, Baptist encampment. Uh, in the mountains of New Mexico, just outside of Santa Fe. And for years, uh, thousands of people would go to Glorietta every year for different weeks and different experiences. And when I was a pastor, we used to take the people from our church to Glorietta year after year after year. And, And I had so many personal great experiences there. And so did the people of our church. As a matter of fact, when I was the executive director of the Baptist Union Convention of Texas, I just finished that assignment back in uh, December after 11 years. Gloriette had kind of fallen into disrepair. Uh, and so the Southern Baptist Convention called and offered to sell, called me and offered to sell Glorietta to the Baptist Union Convention of Texas for a dollar. Now that we could afford. What we couldn't afford was the $40 million it was going to take to fix it up. And I have a whole long thought about that, which I will leave for another day. All that to say, I remember a time at Glorietta. I was a young pastor, and I went to kind of my first conference. And there I was, and had a, you know, kind of some professionals up there talking to us in a small group setting. And man, I was just soaking it in. And, and they, they gave us this one, they, they told about a church. And I have remembered this for years. But the guy talking said, let me tell you about a church and what they did. In a business meeting, one Wednesday night in their church, the pastor made a motion, or maybe it came from a committee, but there was a motion on the floor. Somebody seconded the motion, and the church voted. And, and, and the motion passed, and what the church voted to do was grow. And that was it. The church, in a business meeting, they decided, and they voted to grow. So in the coming weeks, every time something came up, Should we do this? Should we not do this? And they decided, well, if we do this, we think it's going to help us grow. Then they said, well, we don't have to vote on it because we've already decided to grow. And so for for a couple of years, the church began to expand because all the decision-making had been decided with one quick vote. We're going to be a growing church. I think that's a pretty good mindset to have for a congregation. It's what Isaiah is trying to instill here in the Israelites. Stretch out your cords. Lengthen the scope of your tent. And for our purposes this morning, think big. Think real big. Now that means um, a couple of things. It means to think big means to give it your best. 
Now, I've told you, I think I mentioned last week about the first church that, that I ever had a chance to be the pastor of, First Baptist Church, Blum, Texas, and love those people. We spent three wonderful years there. I have a heart for that church. Uh, but we had a little problem in the church. Small town, six-man football, small church, and they had a mindset. And we, we had to work hard to overcome the mindset. And then I saw, I saw it repeated over and over again. So for the past 11 years, as the executive director of the Baptist General Convention of Texas, over the course of those 11 years, on a Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, or sometime during the week, I was in about 700 churches all over Texas. And I saw the same kind of mindset every now and then. And it was this, churches would think, well, here's the phrase, whatever they were doing, well, that's good enough. I would say to you, it's only good enough if it's the best we can do. Because our God and his church deserve our best effort. So to think big means to give your best. It also means to be bold. It means to pray boldly. As you pray. And Kathleen and I have been following your prayer plan for the church. But So as you pray for the church, pray boldly. Now that doesn't mean arrogantly and abrasively. It just means strongly, firmly, committed, pray boldly. Plan. Plan with some boldness. Think big. It means to... Uh, Go boldly. It means to give boldly. I'm simply saying, Isaiah says, first, one of the conditions to be a risk-taking church as we're describing it today for the Israelites and for us here is think big. But that can only work if the second condition is met. Because if the second condition is not met, then the first one will be a failure. So the first condition was enlarge your cords, expand your tent, think big. The second condition is dig deep. Strengthen your pegs, drive your stake in the ground deeper and further than it has been before. If you don't do that, the bigger the tent is, then it's more likely to just flap in the wind. Flutter in the wind without anything true and strong to hold it together. In the New Testament, the writer in the New Testament, Paul says and warns, if you don't have your pegs driven deep into the ground, you'll be blown adrift by every wind of doctrine that comes around. It's kind of the same thing he's saying here in in the Old Testament. Lengthen your cords and strengthen your pegs. If you just do this, just kind of think big, and at the same time, don't dig deep, then the bigness, the thought, will just flutter in the wind. Dig deep. So I have, uh, I have some favorite cartoons. 
I'm going to describe a couple of them to you. But, you know, I also have a favorite joke. I'm going to tell you my favorite joke and then my two favorite cartoons. Now, let me, before I tell you my favorite joke, you need to understand that I live in a house with two people. A full 50% of the people who live in the house do not think the joke I'm about to tell you is as funny as I do. With that being said, here's my, here's, here's my favorite joke. A man's driving down the highway, and he is, uh, he's pulled over by a highway patrolman. He pulls over, stops. The highway patrolman comes up to the side. He rolls down the window, and the highway patrolman says, uh, Sir, your wife fell out of the car two miles ago. To which he says, Thank goodness. I thought I was going deaf. See, so that's, some people think that's funny in my house. Some people do not. Now, my two favorite cartoons. So here's one. Let me describe it for you. There's a, there's a young man and he's got his Bible. He's got it laid out on the floor. And he's just turning the pages. And his mother walks by and says, what are you doing? And as he thumbs through the Bible, he says this. He says, well, I'm looking for a Bible verse to back up one of my preconceived notions. That happens a lot nowadays. We try to find a verse that makes something we want to be right or good sound right or good. That's not digging deep. That is not digging deep. Here's the other one. There's a a man, he's like a contractor, and he's got a table in front of him, and there's some architectural plans on the table. And uh, as he looks over these architectural plans, there's a, there's a building in the background. And he's looking at the plans, and the caption says this. So, we skimped a little on the foundation. Who's going to know? The picture in the background is the leaning tower of Pisa. That's not digging deep. Skimping on the foundation is not digging deep. Looking for Bible verses to back up preconceived notions we may have about something we want to be right or good nowadays, that's not digging deep. So when I say, strengthen your pegs, drive your stakes into the ground deep, firm, solid, hit bedrock. What I'm saying is, now is the time to deepen your devotion to the church. Now's the time to deepen your commitment to the Lord. Now's the time to truly have a determined doctrine that you will stand on and not be blown adrift by. Now is the time 
to understand God's word better than you've understood it before. Now is the time to sing better than you've sung before. Now is the time to be more committed to the Lord, his word, and his church than you've ever been before. Now is the time to dig deep so that thinking big becomes possible. If you just think big and you don't dig deep, you just drift away. If you dig deep, but you don't think big, you just got pegs in the ground with nothing to show for it and nothing to be seen. Think big, dig deep. I am a fan of bluebell ice cream. As a matter of fact, I, uh, public service announcement, the Dr. Pepper float bluebell ice cream is worth the investment. <laughs> Just leave that right there. So I like bluebell ice cream. I try to pace myself on it. I could get crazy if I d- didn't pace myself. But I also like the little jingle that goes along with the bluebell ice cream that they're singing right now. Have you heard it? I don't know all the words to it, but it's, it's, I actually thought, you know, that'd be a pretty good country and western song. Somebody who knew what they were doing could. But the little, the little tagline of, their, of, the, of the jingle that, that they sing now says, the good old days are being made right now. What if 20 and 30 years from now, When somebody talks about the good old days at First Baptist Richardson, they talk about what God did in, with, through, and among the church now. Because the church now decided, let's think big. But at the same time, let's dig deep. Ah, good days. I think they're just ahead. Let's pray. Father, thank you for the blessings of the day. Thank you for our time. Thank you for your word. Forgive us of when we've just fallen short, when we've not thought big, we've been small in our thinking, when we've just been comfortable in, uh, in the deepness of our doctrine and our theology and our commitment and uh, just kind of have drifted and become lackadaisical Father, I pray that today, now, in this church, a renewed determination to think big and to be bold and to do our best and to dig deep and to be firm in who and what we are would would be the days that happen right now. So I pray your blessings on this church and on this invitation in these next few minutes. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen.